It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Of course, this one's one of your favorites. Just be sure to rate review and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday I'm right here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council it is cross over Thursday once again and that is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. On for yet another crossover Thursday here on Locked On Panthers. And of course, it's gonna be Locked On Giants as well as I'm gonna talk to Patricia Trena, who is the host of the Locked On Giants podcast. We talked to her a year ago and thought that was gonna be a game the Carolina Panthers win it easy. Well, they didn't win it easy. Sam Darnold got benched, and that basically changed the tide of the season there and forward. And I know they got the five and five, and Cam came back and all that kind of stuff. But at that point in time, it was a pretty big inflection point as far as what the Carolina Panthers are going to do at quarterback from then on. Hopefully, that will not be the case on Sunday. Baker Mayfield getting benched in this instance. Hopefully, that does not happen at all. Panthers do need that offense to play like they played in the final 35 minutes and for the defense to stop the run. If they don't do that, then we're looking at 0-2. And honestly with y'all, I just don't have that much confidence. I know I said I was bullish on this team 10-7, and but man. If they can't stop the run and they have Saquon Barkley, really hard to see a path to victory. But we'll see. The Giants aren't supposed to be any good. Brian Dable, it's only a second game as a head coach. Mike Kafka, the OC. Wink Martindale's DC there. So we'll see how it plays out. But we'll uh, break it down here. Patricia Trana here, right after, uh, I guess, this image. 
Hello, New York Giant fans, and hello, Carolina fans. Welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On NFL Network. You've got Patricia Traina, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, and Julian Council. He is the host of the Locked On Panthers uh, podcast. We are here to break down everything you need to know about this weekend's New York Giants-Carolina Panthers matchup. Kickoff is at 1 o'clock. MetLife Stadium should be a good one, Julian. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, a week two matchup against the Panthers and Giants. You know, they met last year, I think it was week seven, when Sam Darnold was benched in that game. And that was kind of the turning point as far as Carolina Panthers' uh, quarterback position. So hopefully there can be more of a positive turning point in week two for Carolina, who's going to be in desperate need of a win. And hey, the Giants, really impressive win on the road week one against the Tennessee Titans. I went back, watched a little bit of that game a couple um, hours ago today, and it didn't look great there in the first half, but Brian Dable, first-year head coach, and Daniel Jones, and especially Saquon Barkley, pulled it out late in a gutsy two-point conversion call. So I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is going to be like at MetLife Stadium on Sunday when these two teams match up. Absolutely. So let's kick things off, Julian, with the biggest storyline for each team. Let's kick it over first with the Panthers, since they are the visitors. What do you think the biggest storyline is for Carolina? Honestly, I'm not really sure what that big storyline is because last week it was really Baker Mayfield going up against his former team. I guess if anything, I would say trying to avoid 0-2. Matt Rule is entering year three where a lot of folks think he's on the hot seat. I understand the owner here in Carolina, David Zepper, has talked about when he brought Matt Rule and he talked about doing a five, six-year, seven-year plan. Well, in the NFL, that's just not going to work out. And after going 10-23 and 23 in his first two seasons and now with that loss to Cleveland on Sunday – they're 10 and 24. Matt Rule has to get a win, and especially against a team in New York that is building with a new head coach and with Daniel Jones, a Charlotte area kid who played at Charlotte Latin High School locally here and played at Duke University. He's someone who's fighting for his career. Even Saquon Barkley, who's dealt with injuries the last couple of seasons. And it's interesting you have two running backs like Barkley and McCaffrey have both been injured the last couple of years that at the height of their powers are some of the best backs in the league. I really think for Carolina, it's avoiding that 0-2 start. They got off to a hot start last year and started off 3-0. There's a lot of buzz and excitement around the team a year ago. But now, I don't think I've ever in my entire life growing up here in Charlotte, in my 29, I mean, I've been, I'm older than the team, but in the 27 seasons of the team being here in Carolina, now season 28, I don't think I've ever seen this much negativity surrounding the team. So Matt Rule desperately needs a win because if he starts off 0-2, it's going to feel like it's basically over right then and there. And by the way, you don't look a day over 27 for what it's worth. I just well, thought I'd throw you. that out there. <laughs> All right. For the New York Giants, wow, a lot of different storylines we talk about. I think from a big picture perspective, the Giants with that surprise win over the Tennessee Titans, a game that could have very easily been a loss. Can the Giants build on that? You know, there's a lot of juice going on in the locker room. I was there today. In the Giants locker room, the players are smiling and laughing. I mean, it was a move that I have never seen before or haven't seen, I should say, in quite some time. The players are confident, but, you know, you can't get too overconfident because, you know, I, I've talked about this last week. There's such a thing known as overreaction Monday. And Joe Shane, the general manager of the team, even said it. He said, look, if we win, people are going to have us punching our ticket to the Super Bowl. And if we lose, people are going to have us slotted for the number one uh, pick in next spring's draft, you know, just paraphrasing there. And he's so right. You know, the Giants last week, you know, they, they should put forth a gritty effort against the uh, Tennessee Titans, especially in the second half, didn't give up. They did have a few close calls there. 
but they pulled it out. And there's something to be said about learning how to win, especially when facing adverse situations. Now against the Panthers, they're facing a team that is desperate, as you pointed out. Yeah. I'm going to be looking to, to pull one out. Ben McAdoo makes his return to MetLife Stadium as the offensive coordinator. So the Giants have got to basically keep even keel going into this game, not sit there on and rest on their laurels from last week, knowing that they beat last year's AFC top seed in the playoff team, in the playoff race. So that, to me, I think is, is the big overall picture. And then, you've, of course, you've got what is Saquon Barkley, who had 164 yards rushing last year, uh, last week. Yeah. What is he going to do for an encore? Um, you know, any number of stories. Aaron Robinson, the starting cornerback, is going to be out. But I think the big picture story is where we probably want to go if we're talking Giants uh, top storyline. Yeah, and I actually, and to go off of that, I do appreciate you talking about how a young team in a rebuilding year learning how to win. And that's something that's important for Carolina. So I go back to Sunday's game against the Browns. They were pretty bad on offense the first 25 minutes. But then in the last 35 minutes, Matt Rule said, they had 7.7 yards per play, which would have been third in the league a week ago. Now, that wasn't the case for the full 60, but they started to click. And defensively, they just weren't good against the run. And we'll get into matchups here in a few minutes. But that's certainly a matchup I'm looking at after giving up 217 yards to Cleveland a week ago. 238, that's what New York had on Sunday in their winning to Titans. But Carolina is a team that, as badly as they played, they were right there, had the lead of a minute 13, and just could not hold on. Of course, the officiating certainly didn't help them with two unfortunate calls there right? that led to the Browns' field goal. But still, they didn't do well enough to win that game on Sunday, but they still were right there in a situation to enter year three and gain some sort of momentum. So it'll be interesting to see how a young Giants team is able to carry forward the momentum, especially when you look at Carolina's coming off a loss, Dallas with no Dak Prescott in a couple weeks, and Chicago. That's a pretty... Uh, advantageous opportunity for them to maybe get off to a good start under uh, Brian Dable. So I'm interested to see how that pans out for y'all in the next couple of weeks. As am I, you know, if the, you know, at the beginning of the year, if I, I said that if the Giants could go two and two in the first four games, I'd take it. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, sure. but you're right. There, there is an opportunity here to potentially go three and one or better, but which giant team will show up? Will they be, you know, the resilient bunch that we saw in week one or will, we see a different team that remains to be seen. Brian Dable, very confident that uh, he'll have the team ready to go. The players are confident that they'll be ready to go. But, you know, as, as the great Tom Coughlin once said, talk is cheap, go out and play the game. So we will see which version of the Giants shows up Sunday for the home opener. And uh, certainly that's going to be a big factor for the Giants because uh, look, they, they are very, become very fan friendly um, Dable spoke about being juiced for this game. The players spoke about being juiced. So the fans are going to be just electrifying, I think, come oh, Sunday at MetLife Stadium. All right, coming up, folks, we are going to talk about the key matchups that can win the game for each team. That's coming up right after this break. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, Canada, and the UK. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. 
Find affordable economy cars if you are on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Toro hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch point rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. All right, everybody, welcome back to this special crossover edition of the Locked On Giants and Locked On Panthers podcast, brought to you by Prize Picks. And uh, this Sunday, week two of the NFL, the New York Giants host the Carolina Panthers in their 2022 regular season home opener. As I mentioned in the previous section, it's going to be electrifying at MetLife Stadium. But Julian, let's talk about some of the key matchups in this game. And I think, you know, from the Giants perspective, we got to start with CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Now, last week, the Giants held Derrick Henry, the Titans' big runner, to under 100 yards. They basically stifled him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, totally different animal. Not as big as as, uh, Derrick Henry, maybe not as powerful, but very dangerous with the ball in his hands, very elusive. And after watching the Giants linebackers, the inside linebackers last week in coverage, I'm a little concerned about that matchup. I'm not going to lie. I think that is one of, if not the key matchups for the New York Giants. They've got to figure out a way to keep Christian McCaffrey from not only running against them, but taking that ball and slipping behind the coverage at that second level. Absolutely. Christian McCaffrey certainly is one of the most dangerous receiver, not receivers, running backs in the league. I mean, also he can be a receiver out of the backfield. He's one of the most explosive weapons in the NFL. And we didn't really see a lot of them on Sunday. He only had 10 carries for 33 yards and then four receptions for 24 yards. The biggest play of the day for him was a fumbled snap from Baker Mayfield that he picked up and ran for 28 yards. So the hope, at least here in Carolina, is that Ben McAdoo will get him more involved. Now, Matt Rule here in Carolina, head coach, talked about how the fact that they really got behind the chains early on in the first quarter and the second quarter as well, and that just that led to the slow start for this offense and not being able to involve Christian McCaffrey in the game plan. But certainly, if McCaffrey is getting the opportunities. I see that as a, an advantage for him. And you look at the Ben McAdoo matchup, too, against, against Wink Bortendale, who's coming over from – who spent a lot of time in Baltimore. Baker Mayfield talked about that on Wednesday, how he has an understanding, having gone up against him for four years when he's quarterback in Cleveland. Like, there's that matchup, the homecoming of Ben McAdoo, even Matt Rule. The only time he spent time in the NFL was – 
under Tom Coughlin. And he has a lot of former Giants assistants that are here in Carolina because of the relationship that he has with Tom Coughlin. I know for me, what I'm looking for matchup-wise is the Panthers' defensive line, really the front seven against the Giants' offensive line, not only rushing the passer, because I know the Giants gave up what, 18 pressures and 26 dropbacks last week for Daniel Jones, but also they ran the ball really well. So can the Panthers be able to buck up and stop the run? That's the matchup I'm looking for as far as Carolina going up against New York. I don't know how about you feel about that. Yeah, I fully expect the Panthers are going to load the box up and dare Daniel Jones to beat him with his arm. Now, last week, you know, Kadarius Tony didn't get a whole lot of snaps at receivers. I think something like seven, which is yes, like the second seven lowest. Is what I saw. Seven, yeah, the second lowest amount of snaps of anybody who played offense for the Giants last week. Uh, Kenny Galladay, kind of invisible so far. Uh, they got to get him back on track, but. Um, you know, the Giants, I, I suspect the Panthers are going to to look to beat, da to dare Daniel Jones, beat him with his arm. Now, Daniel Jones last week against the Titans was able to, you know, complete uh, most of his passes. I, I think he had like an 81% completion rate. He also made plays with his legs. We saw a lot of RPOs, um, some a few zone reads that were thrown in there. Daniel Jones, you know, a dual threat, and he's somebody that the Panthers defense is going to have to account for. This isn't Eli Manning, who was a statue back there in the pocket. Daniel Jones has to be accounted for. Julian, how do you think the, the, the Panthers might account for him? Well, last year he had a pretty good game against his hometown team in Carolina when they won that game week seven. I do think they'll probably have to put a spy on the quarterback. Uh, someone like Shaq Thompson certainly will have his attention drawn to him. Frankie Louvre, Damian Wilson, those three starting linebackers. Who knows, maybe even Jeremy Chin might come up. I know Xavier Woods, the safety they brought in in free agency from Minnesota, led the team in tackles with 10 a week ago. They're going to definitely have their attention on Daniel Jones because really, if Carolina can take away the run threat from Jones and force him to sit in the pocket and have to throw, that should speak to their advantage, especially Brian Burns coming off the edge. Now, opposite side, though, they haven't been able to find, at least through one week and through free agency, they have not found anyone to step up opposite there to fill the void of Hassan Reddick now being in Philadelphia, who you'll see two times this season. And I don't know if anyone really is going to be able to do that currently on the roster. And that's a question mark that we knew going to the offseason when likely it was, it was unlikely that Hassan Reddick was going to come back. I think if they can take care of Daniel Jones and threat to run the ball and be better against running against Saquon Barkley. I look at the Panthers secondary and I just look at the Giants receivers and I don't see much there. Like Kenny Galladay, I think he only had two catches on Sunday. Uh, Sterling Shepard had that, he had one big play, but outside of that, Richie James, who played at middle Tennessee state. So he's back home at Tennessee last week. Outside of that, I didn't really see too many guys on the Giants team that really scared me. Like, what are you seeing as far as outside of the playmakers of uh, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley that might be able to match up well for Carolina and even vice versa? That defense, a young unit that I know there's a couple injuries, how they might match up against Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore out wide. Yeah, as far as the Giant receivers go, I mean, last week, the Daniel Jones spread the ball around, did a good job getting it to different receivers. And these are guys that he actually threw to in the spring. So, you know, I, okay. I agree with you that, you know, nobody's going to you know, confuse some of these guys with the Justin Jeffersons of the world or, or you know, the top receivers of, of the NFL. But these are guys who are solid. They've made plays and they, they kind of, you know, sneak up on you. Sometimes when you don't know a whole lot about a particular receiver, he can kind of sneak up on you. And that's what we saw. You know, I had an opportunity to speak with Richie James in the locker room. We were talking about his, his basically he's on a comeback 
uh, story here, which a lot of people I don't think, you know, recognize, but, uh, you know, hard work, um, and most importantly, the play calling by offensive coordinator Mike Kafka has done a good job of getting these guys into a position to where they can get open and they can make these plays. And, you know, Daniel Jones, like I said, was able to connect with these guys, completed about 81% of his pass attempts. Um, so, so far, you know, the passing game, not too shabby. I mean, Jones did have that one boneheaded uh, interception that he threw or intended to throw to Saquon Barkley the pass protection by the offensive line. That's a concern for me still because, okay, you still don't know who the left guard's going to be there. It sounds like they're going to rotate at left guard. Ben Bredesen and the rookie Joshua Azudo. The center, John Feliciano, has a lower leg injury, so he was on the injury report. I'm still a little concerned about the interior of that Giants offensive line. And if I'm not mistaken, the Carolina defense under Phil Snow don't they throw a lot of like fancy stunts and blitzes and stuff like that at, at opponents? Oh yeah, it's gonna be real creative. And a shout out to Joshua Zuda, go heels. Um, good to see that he's getting opportunities there in New York. Um, but yeah, Phil Snow is gonna be very creative. I go back to uh, 2020 when they face Aaron Rodgers in that Packers offense. And they really just confused the heck out of him all night. And Aaron Rodgers was kind of complaining, like, you got this college defense. Well, he's giving you a ton of looks. They're going to bring up the safeties for the blitzes. You're going to see some interesting packages like the Suns. You're going to see Shaq Thompson blitz. You're going to see everything from Carolina. And I think they're going to try and confuse a unit that especially with Daniel Jones in his, fifth, in his fourth year, he's still a young quarterback, but an offensive line that I know has been an annual problem up there in New York. And we can certainly relate here in Carolina as the hope was that O-line would be a lot better after week one, they gave it four sacks. We'll see how they go moving forward as they get more continuity. But yeah, I'm sure Phil Snow is going to be, want to be very aggressive to try and confuse Daniel Jones, force him into some turnovers and get after a young offensive line unit that you have the New York Giants there. And then the other thing I want to talk about real quick is how defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is going to play the Carolina receivers. Now, DJ Moore is a guy that obviously can, can be a big playmaker. You got Robbie Anderson. Um, I don't know if uh, LaVica is going to play. LaVisca, I, I, yeah, LaVisca, yeah, LaVisca was, he should was be active. He should be active this week. Uh, the plan was for him to be inactive last week and then to get up to speed. So I expect that he'll be active this week. I don't so know how much a part of the game plan will be a part of, though. Right. So the Giants now announced today that starting cornerback Aaron Robinson is going to miss this weekend's game. He had an uh, he had his appendix out. So, you know, the Giants were thin at cornerback to cut, to begin with. They did add a few guys, um, you know, a couple of veterans. We believe that Fabian Moreau, who's currently sitting on the practice squad, will be elevated possibly for this game. But it's going to be interesting to see if Carolina goes after whoever is playing uh, in that spot. I don't know necessarily that they're going to go after Adore Jackson. Adore Jackson has been playing really, really well, basically since the, the end part of last season. I suspect whoever's on the other side is going to be targeted a lot. Yeah, it could be a big day for Robbie Anderson, who really was the lone bright spot on offense on Sunday. I think it was five receptions for 104 yards. That was a long touchdown reception you had from Baker and, a and of course, a touchdown. Um, yeah, and looking at it, too, this is like the second Giants player who's had to have like some sort of appendectomy surgery like the last two weeks or something like that. Or maybe I, or maybe I just read that twice and thought it was two different guys. Yeah, um, no, I, to, to my knowledge, this is this is the first okay. one that's had right. it. But, I saw but it from like two different headlines. I was thinking, oh, is that, that's kind of random, the two guys. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it could be a big day for Robbie Anderson. Uh, Shai Smith, 
who is the uh, fifth rounder at South Carolina back in 2021 draft. He earned the number three wide receiver job, didn't do much on Sunday. And really, that was a story of everyone not named Robbie Anderson in the, in the receiving game. I think he can have a bigger game. And I'm interested to see what they do with LaVisca Chenault. And I, my hope is that they're not going to try to hand the ball off to him because every carry, that's not a carry from Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, is a waste of carry. And we saw that on Sunday as they tried to integrate guys like Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard into the mix. So it, it will be... I think an advantage for Carolina, but Carolina thought they had an advantage maybe against Cleveland last week, especially their secondary against their, their wide receivers and even their wide receivers against their secondary. And that didn't necessarily play out the way that we hoped it would have Sunday afternoon in that loss to Cleveland in week one. All right, folks, coming up, we're going to predict the score and then we're going to wrap things up for you here on this special crossover edition, Locked on Giants, Locked on Panthers with myself, Patricia Chena and Julian Council. That's coming up right after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action but online where the game starts TurboTax experts make your moves count this is david harrison of the locked on commanders podcast and this locked on podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse well that's a move did you go back to school to get your degree that is a move did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move, or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees experts only available with TurboTax live all right everybody welcome back again big welcome to the giant fans the panther fans we are here on a crossover Thursday show presented by Prize Picks. You've got Patricia Trena and Julian Council. We are the hosts of Locked on Giants, Locked on Panthers, respectively. So glad to have you with us. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or of watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And Julian, it is now time for the segment that I'm not really crazy about because I haven't gotten it right yet. And I've been doing this for <laughs> right. a long time, but we've got to do it. We've got to predict the scores. So let me start with you. Let me, let, maybe I'll get some inspiration sure. from you. What score do you think is going to, to read on the clock when the, when the numbers, the time says zero? So our friends over at Bet Online opened this up at two and a half with the Giants being the favorite. And that was uh, certainly interesting to me to see the Giants uh, be considered a favorite at home after that big one against Tennessee. I, I don't know if I have a score. I know if Carolina can get this thing in the 30s. I feel like that's a game that they're going to win. I do not look at the Giants offense as having the ability to have that much firepower, even if they run the ball well and control the time of possession to put up more than 24, maybe even 28 points on Sunday afternoon. For me, 
I just can't sit here and trust the Carolina Panthers to stop the run. We saw it last season when they played teams that were top 10 in rushing. They went one and four. Now, New York was not one of those teams a year ago, but still Carolina Panthers really struggled. And they saw and it played out again on Sunday afternoon against Cleveland and seeing Saquon Barkley run pretty much wild on the Titans and see Daniel Jones and his RPOs and the ability that he had to move the chains as well and to add that extra element to that offense and force the defense to try and provide him some attention in the run game. I'm just not overly confident about the Carolina Panthers' ability to step up and stop the run. Certainly, they're going to have the attention. They're going to have the Giants' attention this week. They're going to try and stop it and force Daniel Jones to beat him with his arm. But last year, he had success in both avenues. So, for me, I look at this as probably a three-point Giants win. As much as I hate to say that, until this team can prove to me that they can stop some of these top-tier running backs and rushing attacks in the league, which it's right now the best in the league, I'm not going to feel comfortable about them, especially going on the road. The hope is that the offense will carry over what they what they did in the last 35 minutes of the last week. I just don't have any reason to believe that, as they're still a unit that's only really been together as a first team for four weeks. When you go back to when Baker Mayfield was finally named a starting quarterback, going to the last preseason week when they played Buffalo, and then the offensive line injuries and them trying to come together, possibility that Bradley Bozeman might be the starting center at some point here this upcoming season, then the wide receivers out in on the lineup like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. So for me, I don't have a score in mind, but I do think the Giants, at least, I don't know what the line is now, but the opening line of two and a half, I think that they are uh, able to cover that, and they win by three on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And Panthers, tough 0-2 start. Hate to say it, but I can't <laughs> I can't trust the, the run defense. Until, they, until I can trust them, it's hard for me to say that they're going to win a game. You know, and similarly, I'm, I'm going to share concerns. I have concerns about... Christian McCaffrey against those Giants linebackers, especially in the passing game. I feel that they can stop him in the run. I'm worried about stopping him in, in, in those short to underneath passes. Um, I did not like the coverage. As a matter of fact, the starting linebackers for the Giants last week, Tay Crowder and Austin Calicho, had the two highest NFL coverage ratings amongst the team. All right. And obviously for a defender, the higher the number, that means the worse you play. So I'm a little yeah. concerned about that. Now, I did see where Matt Rule has kind of been managing Christian McCaffrey a little bit, his practice reps. I don't know if that's going to extend into the game, if they're going to, you know, manage and, and have a set number or, or put him on a pitch count, so to speak, because I believe he's only played, uh, what, in 10 games over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same situation as Saquon Barkley was in last year where he was coming back off of a devastating ACL injury. So that being said, I do think the Giants are going to win this one. I don't have a score on mine, uh, but I'm going to say that the Giants beat the Panthers by at least a touchdown. I don't think the Giants are going to, you know, go hog wild, score 30 points. I'm not sure that they're there yet, but if they can get to 25, which last year was, a, was you know, the ideal number for a lot of the playoff teams, they averaged about 25 points per game. If the Giants can get there, I'll take that. I'll take the win. And I'll take the fact that their Giants are at home. They're juiced up. They're going to have their home crowd, which is going to be excited, excited for this game. And I think that's going to rub off on the team. So I'm, I'm calling a Giants win for uh, Sunday. Okay. I have a friend here locally who uh, actually works for the Charlotte Hornets. He's a Giants fan. And I saw him tweeting out on Sunday morning how, oh, it's so bad. And, you know, you start the season, you have no chance. And then they go out there and win on Sunday. So I'm expecting the mood 
is going to be completely opposite for how the Giants fans are heading to MetLife on Sunday and looking at the ahead schedule. I'm sure people are already talking themselves into a potential 4-0 starting. Like you said, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. That certainly is a possibility just looking at the injury that Dak Prescott and Chicago, yeah, they beat San Francisco, but the Bears are not supposed to be a good team. Carolina, I think, is a better team. I just, I last week when I was on with the uh, lockdown Browns guys, I saw so many reasons why the Browns would win that game. The only reason I went against Cleveland was like, it's week one. I don't want to pick up against the Panthers in week one. But also, the Browns hadn't won an opening week game since 2004. Like, they find a way to lose. But my concern was the run attack, and it played out. So I'm just going to go with that once again until they can prove me otherwise. But it's an important game for Matt Rule to get off to some sort of good start. I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, you get, I think, three straight home games after that. The Saints coming to town. I think the Cardinals coming to town. I think the 49ers. So they have an opportunity to, if they can win on Sunday, to get back on track. It's just hard to trust this defense as far as the front seven stopping around at this point in time. Like, they can force Daniel Jones to, to beat him with their arm, with his arm. I think then Carolina can win this game. If the offense picks up like it, they play in the second half, then, yeah, they should be able to put up some points, especially against a team that's banged up. And I guess one other thing I have for you, Ozilardi, Aziz Ozilari, who's with the rookie out of Georgia, and Kayvon Thibodeau, I know that they've been limited. Are they expected to play at all on Sunday? Because that would certainly factor in as well. I would think one of at least one of the two, I think, has a good chance of playing. Okay. I don't know both, but I'm feeling pretty good at this juncture that one of them will be available. Okay. Well, that so. will... Uh... Challenge the rookie, uh, Iki Aquano. Against guys, at least he's probably more adept to handle since they're both rookies as well. Absolutely. All right. So wrapping things up ahead of the New York Giants-Carolina Panthers week two game at MetLife Stadium on Sunday afternoon. The Panthers are going to look to avoid an 0-2 start, which wouldn't, really wouldn't be good for them. No. Meanwhile, the Giants coming off that stunning win against the Tennessee Titans, looking to go 2-0 especially in front of their home crowd, which is really excited. This is probably the most excited Giant fans had been in quite some time with this franchise, which is pointed in the right direction. Uh, the Giants, Saquon Barkley was the star, obviously, of the offense last week, but Carolina is probably going to bear down on him. I imagine they're going to stack the box. Yeah. They're going to dare Daniel Jones to beat him with his arm. And Ken Kadarius Tony earn more snaps? Can Kenny Galladay finally wake up from what seems like a year plus slumber? And on defense, can the Giants slow down Christian McCaffrey, who can burn you, not just with running the ball, but as a receiver? So many questions for the Giants. Meanwhile, Julian, wrap it up for us for the Panthers and what they're facing. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe in the term must win because if the Panthers lose on Sunday, they still have 15 more games to play. The season will not be over, but for a lot of fans locally, that will be their thought process at 0-2. you got to get Matt Rule out of town. Carolina started off 3-0 a year ago, and the percentages tell you if you start off 3-0, you're going to be a playoff team. Well, they went on to go 2-12 and the rest of the way. So if Carolina starts off 0-2, which I've now predicted, I don't think the season's over. I was someone who was confident this team would be better but just after the, the performance from the defense last week against the run, still hard for me to buy into them being able to stop them and get off the field and still don't know where this offense is at this point in time. It's a vitally important game for Matt Rule going up against a team where he got his NFL start. Now here in Carolina, year three, if he wants to have a fourth season, he's going to need the offensive Baker Mayfield to perform a lot better. Baker had four fumbled snaps a week ago. That center 
uh, quarterback exchange was something that was surprising to all of us. And Christian McCaffrey needs to be a part of the game plan. I know Matt Rule came out later uh, earlier this week and talked about how they've now shifted their focus to being more of a pass-heavy attack, which is what most of the successful teams here in the league do. And it's contrary to what he said a year ago when they wanted to run the ball. But that was also situational. This year, I think they have a quarterback, Dan, that can pass the ball and push the ball down the field like we saw on um, last Sunday with Robbie Anderson. I do think they have a team that also can have some balance with Christian McCaffrey both running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield. So for Carolina, defensively, this has to be a statement game for them to show that they are not going to be a team that's going to get run all over once again for what would be basically the fourth year in a row. And they're going to stand tall, hopefully, and beat the Giants because they don't then things are going to get pretty bad around here when the temperature is already pretty high on Matt Rule and that hot seat entering this third year of his era here in Carolina. All right. So it's going to be a good game. It's going to be an exciting game. Giants-Carolina MetLife Stadium 105 kickoff on Sunday. Keep it here on the Locked On Giants podcast for all things New York Giants or the Locked On Panthers podcast for all things Carolina Panthers with Julian Council. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this special edition of the crossover show between the Locked On Giants, Locked On Panthers. I'm Patricia Trena, and on behalf of Julian Council, we'll talk to you again this week, everybody. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.